Hello and welcome. I'm Becca Silver, founder of The Whole Educator. In this episode, you'll learn about the summer band-aid effect. Stay tuned to find out how the summer band-aid effect plagues educators, coaches, and leaders each year, why we need to address it this summer more than ever, and what to do about it. Welcome to Coaching the Whole Educator, the podcast that helps instructional coaches, teacher leaders, and school leaders. I'm Becca, former educator and school coach turned transformational coach of coaches. I'm on a mission to help you improve your educators' effectiveness and resilience, especially the ones who need it most. Each week, we'll cover quick tips, strategies, and coaching mindsets so that you can be on top of your coaching game. Are you ready? Let's dive in. I want to talk about burnout. Here's the deal. There has been widespread fatigue and burnout across our schools, and there's a mistaken way of thinking about it. When you Google burnout strategies, you get a litany of short-term remedies like increase your self-care, take some time off, or stay away from those toxic coworkers. While these might provide momentary improvement, they don't address burnout. And I hate to say it, neither will your summer break if you're not intentional about it. I was talking about this issue recently with my friend Chloe, who is a phenomenal school consultant, and she called this phenomenon the summer band-aid effect. And I couldn't find a more accurate way to describe what will happen to all of our educators once we return to school. What happens is as teachers go on summer break, they forget about the fatigue, trauma, and burnout they experienced throughout the year as they were removed from the situation. They're out of the building, they're with their families and friends, out of the school routine, and they're even able to pee whenever they want. (laughs) The issue is that our educators aren't addressing the root of what caused the burnout. They're just putting a Band-Aid on it. It's like filling a bucket full of holes. We do things that feel good in the moment to, quote, fill our bucket, but it ends up leaking out anyway. We want to work on patching up those holes. And it will take more than just stepping away from work for a few months. So why is this called the Band-Aid effect? Think about an infected wound. Putting a Band-Aid on it is not going to help. We need to clean out the wound with appropriate medicine. Sometimes that means going to the doctor. And sometimes you know you need some disinfectant. Either way, this infection has to be addressed. A Band-Aid just won't cut it. I'm going to be a little graphic here. You need to start looking at the burnout as a pussy, infected wound. We want to treat burnout the same way. Some of us need to see a professional to really address the trauma of teaching over these last three school years. Some of us need to take intentional actions to treat the burnout itself immediately. We need to be healing our mind, body, and spirit, and we need evidence-based strategies to do that not just a trip to the beach. I believe the Band-Aid effect was one of the main reasons teachers are saying this past school year was surprisingly harder than the 
2021 school year, which was an entire school year impacted by the pandemic from start to finish. Teachers crawled to the end of the year of the 2019-2020 school year, took their much-needed summer break, and didn't address the very real impact and many times trauma of having to pivot their teaching practically overnight. They expected to return to school refreshed and ready. They hadn't patched their holes of their leaky bucket. They had just poured lots of water in. Returning to school with Omicron impacting schools everywhere created even more holes. So what can educators do to heal from this school year? Emily and Amelia Nagoski wrote a phenomenal book called Burnout, Completing the Stress Cycle. And I highly, highly, highly recommend reading it. They describe the journey from simply experiencing stress to experiencing complete burnout as a series of incomplete stress cycles. When we experience stress, it actually initiates a stress cycle in our body. When we continuously experience stress without completing the cycles, we eventually experience burnout. It's like every time we experience a major episode of stress, it creates another hole in our bucket. And when all the water leaks out, that's when burnout sets in. They recommend seven research-based strategies to help you complete your stress cycles and heal from the burnout. They name physical activity, specifically more rigorous physical activity like running or wildly dancing in your living room, as the quickest way to completing your stress cycles. They also suggest taking deep, slow breaths. Now, this is most effective at the onset of stress and not when you've reached complete burnout. Positive social interaction signals to our brain that the world is a safe place. And laughter helps us make and maintain those social bonds and regulate our emotions. Research has shown that expressions of affection such as a 20-second hug or a six-second kiss is effective in addressing burnout as well. These require that you stop and deliberately notice you like this person, you trust them, and you feel affection for them. By noticing those things, the kiss or the hug tells your body that you are safe and that you are with your tribe. Having a big cry, either on your own or even watching a sad movie, helps. And last, creatively expressing your big emotions supports creating that stress cycle. As I recorded this episode, I had also shared the details of the research-based burnout interventions with the coaches and teacher leaders in my membership. I've invited one of them here to share his experience of doing the interventions. This is not meant to confirm or disconfirm the viability of these research-based interventions, but more to hear a personal experience of what actually worked best for one person. So welcome, Keith. Hey, Becca. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thanks for hopping on with me. I'd love to hear how the different interventions went and which ones made the most impact and just what was your experience of each one of them? Yeah, it was a great experience. And, you know, it's been uh, really, really cool implementing these strategies into my life since we talked a couple weeks ago. Um, 
you know, I'm definitely a teacher leader who experienced burnout, as you know, because mm-hmm. you've kind of been someone I've been able to go to really mm-hmm. since we met a few years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're definitely someone who came into my life as a coach when I needed it, and you've had a really positive impact on it. So when you shared this article, anytime you share anything with me, I'm excited and I jumped right in. So yeah, reading about these uh, six strategies, these secrets to unlocking the stress <laughs> cycle. The first one, they were twin sisters, right? The mm-hmm. twin yeah, sisters. Yeah, Emily and Amelia Nagoski. Yeah. Yeah. So the first one was breathing, right? Mm-hmm. So strategy number one was breathing. You know, I, I read what they had to say and I've been really intentional over these last couple of weeks to, you know, what the way that I think of it is like, the only thing we really have to do as human beings is, is to breathe, mm-hmm. and, and, <laughs> yeah. right? You know, and like, Sometimes I'm experiencing stress with like, you know, I have things that are due or you're worrying about money or, you know, um, I'm in pain because my knee hurts and I'm just trying to prioritize things. But um, I've implemented breathing in the morning. Um, So as part of my morning routine, you just get for me as a person who has like a morning routine, I've said, you know, I'm going to stop and and take 10, you know, mindful, deep breaths in the morning. Uh-huh. And, and I've, it's been actually, it's been awesome. It's um, I've been taking long, slow uh, breaths mm-hmm. and, and just reminding myself that the only thing my body needs is to breathe. Mm-hmm. And um, it's definitely something that's helped me long-term. I do it after the shower and before uh-huh. my coffee in the morning. I oh, stop. I love that. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I just stop and I take 10 really big, deep breaths and your body just naturally like prioritizes things and, and, it's definitely a strategy that like, um, you know, and I even did a little research. There's like different breathing strategies. It's called square breathing. Yes. I love yeah, yeah, square yeah, breathing. I'm yeah, so glad yeah. you discovered yeah, 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 yeah. that. Yeah. So I've been doing like square breathing and it's awesome. It helps. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's been implemented into my long, my morning routine. And, and I think that's something that I will continue doing. And I would definitely put a check next to that one. That's an awesome thing to just remind ourselves to do and kind of uh, implement into our morning routine. Yes. Oh, that's so, so great. So I, I love, would, I yeah. love that. Ten, 10 deep breaths, relax. Remember the only thing you really have to do is breathe, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so, so it feels amazing. Even if you just take two minutes to take 10 deep breaths, I, I would confirm that that's a, a positive thing to implement. And I think it's been successful and I will continue to do it. <laughs> great. Okay. So yes. big fat check mark for yeah, that one was breathing. Yes. Yeah, yeah. so that intervention worked for you. Great. So the second intervention that I've implemented over these past couple of weeks is um, positive social interaction. Okay. Um, they stressed a casual interaction. So it wasn't necessarily like spending time with friends, but to me, it was like your daily interactions. So there mm-hmm. was three daily interactions that I was mindful to be positive with. And one of them was um, I have a coffee spot in the morning that I love to stop at. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I do have a cup of coffee at, at home. Mm-hmm. And then on my way to work, I stop and have an iced coffee. When I get into the hustle and bustle of my routine, it's so easy to just go on the Dunkin' Donuts app mm-hmm. and order your coffee and run into Dunkin' Donuts mm-hmm. and not have a single word exchanged with any person get my coffee and like not even have to talk to anyone. But then there's also this wonderful small coffee shop called Gizzy's on Federal and Delray, if you're ever in the area. And I love the owner and he always has awesome kids working there, but it's like, it's a 10 minute stop because they're like making your coffee fresh to order. 
you're telling them what you've been up to Mm -hmm. and you're having some small talk. So I've been intentional to like, make sure that I I try to leave extra time, but I would stop there. And I've had some great conversations. I even met a kid Mm -hmm. who's going to school to be a teacher. Oh, yeah. So it's like it's been positive interaction and it's been like someone that I've gotten to know and the owner's like, Oh yeah. You know, this is, and he's actually, I was in the service industry, as you know, like mm-hmm, years yeah. ago. So I just talked to him about how business is going and um, it's pleasant. I enjoy mm-hmm. going there more. So if I leave time for myself to go there and have the conversation during my, mm-hmm. my coffee, that's like, to me, a positive social interaction instead mm-hmm. of just beelining to Dunkin' Donuts and mm-hmm. fighting through the herd and grabbing my cup of coffee and being on the go. You right. know, and, and the inter- it does. And the intervention is really meaningful social interaction, right? It's not yeah. just positive. This isn't okay. just about being nice to everyone because gotcha. we want to be careful. And you and I have talked a lot about toxic positivity gotcha. and, and just being nice all the time does, is not an intervention for right. burnout, gotcha. but being meaningful with our interactions is. I think, you know, you know me, I'm generally a pretty uh, nice guy, but mm-hmm. it felt good to like be intentional about it mm-hmm. and make sure that, you know, I was finding opportunities to, to, to be happy and interact with people. Yeah. And one of the things that having meaningful social interactions does is it tells our brain that the world is a safe place. Right. And that was, you know what, that's funny. So absolutely. And that was like one of the things that I highlighted that they pointed out, like Mm -hmm. ways that I I wrote down the quote somewhere, ways that we can remind our body Mm -hmm. that we're not experiencing stress and that the world's Mm -hmm. okay right now. That's Mm -hmm. one of the the quotes that jumped out with me from what I read. So, yeah. um, So then I want to hear just briefly about the others. What about physical activity? There's two things that I find super important to do on a daily basis. And it's to like fully exert your body, Mm -hmm. you know, in terms of um, exercise or just intentionally being fully active. And something else is like, I told you I've been getting into swimming lately Mm -hmm. and immersing myself under the water. It's been, it's been a game changer for me. Um, Mm -hmm. That hour is so worth giving to myself in the morning. You know, Mm -hmm. by the time I do the, I've been doing 30 minutes on the elliptical, listen to a podcast or some great music. And then um, I'll even go into the sauna and then a 15 minute swim physically and mentally. It's there's, it's a place where I'm totally relieving my stress alleviating burnout and feeling amazing afterwards. So mm-hmm. I think that's something that I need. And, and you know what I love about that is it sets the tone for my day. I love doing it in the morning. Mm-hmm. I come yeah. into school or wherever I'm working and I just have a glow and a positivity mm-hmm. throughout the rest of the day. Yeah. Okay. So that was really impactful too. Yep. Yeah. Making Definitely. sure you did that. So what about the laughter? Intentionally oh, I love making that you sure that you, you laugh. Yeah. 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 Um, I love to laugh. I think I have a decent sense of humor. I have so many great friends where the basis of our relationship is humor. Mm -hmm. So when I thought about this, I said, I have a great friend, my friend, Dave, he lives in Queens. And I said, I'm going to intentionally carve out like a half hour to an hour each week and just have a phone call with Dave, my buddy, Dave. um, It's got chills. (laughs) He's my favorite person to laugh with. And, um, We love baseball. We love music. And I called him. We had an hour long conversation and he's now a part of my life Mm. again. You know what I mean? We've a busy guy. He lives in the city. He's actually um, a professor at Baruch College in New York. Mm -hmm. And he's an awesome, awesome, funny guy. And he's now since I was intentional about reaching out to call him. 
He's planning to come visit me. We're going to go watch a Mets Marlins game and it gets better. He reckon I told him why I was intentionally calling him and he started sending me comedians that I should watch. <gasps> Oh my so goodness. Like, so, yes. And um, that, that really also is a meaningful social interaction as well. It is. You know, right. it really kind of checks multiple yeah. boxes. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's for sure. And he's a person that's been a part of my life for so long and we can go years without seeing each other. Mm-hmm. You know, like why? Because we're both so busy. Mm-hmm. Apparently mm-hmm. not because mm-hmm. if I'm intentional and in making mm-hmm. the effort to reach out to him, now all of a sudden he's going to come down in August. We're going to go watch a Mets Marlins game. And, and there's, undoubtedly going to be more laughter in my life and that yeah. according to the study is going to be less stress yes i love that okay good oh so exciting to hear and what about the cry having a big cry oh so i told you this one was going to be a struggle for me because yeah. um i was like i said i said to you becca i was like i'm never going to cry over school mm-hmm. you know like it's just i i don't let it cross into that personal level. Mm-hmm. So I was like, how can I um, try to cry? And I thought I did some research and like watching a tearjerker movie. Mm-hmm. So I went and I watched the movie that makes me cry. Ghost. Remember like, Ghost Oh my gosh. Movie? I love yeah, those. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So ghost is like a super personal for me because my grandma, my nanny, mm-hmm. who I love took me to see it when I was a little kid. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just a sad movie in general. So yeah. I didn't really cry. But okay. I'm glad that I got to watch the movie again. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some Patrick Swayze in there. I didn't cry. It didn't bring any tears out, but it did bring up like those sad emotions and, it, and mm-hmm. it felt good. It took me to that place in my heart where I was like being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Um, now, like I'm experiencing this wide range of emotion. And it, it's really a release. Right. So right. We're, right. we're a lot of a lot of teachers and teacher leaders that I work with. Uh, feel like they have to hold it together all the time to hold it together at work and put on a brave face and, and I'm doing fine. It's okay. And then, and then at home, I'm taking care of my family and it's okay. And I'm holding it together there. And it's so important that we release and crying, no matter if it's from a movie or just allowing ourselves to cry in a safe space. Is that release? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it definitely did that. Um, It took Mm -hmm. me to that place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I didn't even, good point. Yeah. Yeah. Good. I'm glad that you experienced, even though you were, it's okay to not know what's going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doing the interventions and not knowing why still is. That's kind of where I was at with that one, but I mm-hmm. enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. And then um, what about uh, the an expression, expressing your emotions through a creative method? Uh, for the creative expression, I have a brother was an awesome guitar player. You know, he was playing yeah. like songs that I knew and I was like belting it out. And it was, it was, that was definitely a release. Yeah. You know, he was playing like, he has his own stuff and then he was doing covers and we were singing awesome music. So, yeah. It helped me use a different part of my brain. Yeah. I love that. And for me, singing is very much a creative release as well. That before I sing and after I sing, there's a distinct difference in my experience of my world. So you're in the whole educator membership. So, yeah, it's this year I took on an even greater role as a teacher leader, uh, specifically within my department. I had a couple of new teachers and you're always there for them, right? Like whether Mm -hmm. it's showing up a half hour early to make sure their technology is right or whatever that new teacher needs. You know, it's like I'm always there for my kids. You've been in my classroom. You just give Mm -hmm. yourself up 
constantly during the school year. And that's like what we do as teachers, right? And it's really important to have a community of like the teacher leaders that are in our cohort and our group are um, people that A, I can look up to, but also that like I can steal from and, and get information from and feel that like, okay, so the new teachers have a place to go. Where do I have to go? Mm-hmm. You know, because when I'm on campus, I'm the guy that they're going to. Mm-hmm. So like specifically you, Becca, you know, mm-hmm. you've been someone that it's been, um, it's been monumental in helping me feel good, relieve stress and be successful. You know, that's, that's something that I would suggest and recommend and continue doing so that I can get where I want to be, you know, since, you know, since, you know, I started with my district, having you as a coach, I've been extremely positively impacted and it's awesome to have support, you know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's, it goes a long way. It's, it's definitely helped me. Yeah. And I love how you point out there's, you know, teacher leaders and coaches in schools rarely have that upward support. It's kind of like, you're it. You said you're, you're leading someone, go for it. And even if you're not, you know, you still have to put on that face every day, right? Because you show that you're worried. It's like, you know, you constantly have new teachers that come in your room Mm -hmm. and like their world is falling apart. Mm -hmm. And, you you know, you just have to be super, well, me, I think that I have to be super chill. Like, Hey, we got this. That's not a big deal. Mm -hmm. You know, A, Mm -hmm. B, and C is going to connect the dots. Like, I don't know, Mm -hmm. you know, and I still present that facade, if you will. So Mm -hmm. having someone like you and a lot of the other people that are in the group, it's, it's been great to associate with them. I've learned so much from them. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, I have career aspirations <laughs> that a lot of what I take away from what I learned from you is, is kind of like on top of the list as to why I'm going to be that awesome candidate for my next job, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, I love that. So this has been such a, a great conversation to have with you. I'm so excited. The past two weeks have been incredible. And, and also just to hear that long-term impact that that the membership has had on you, as well as just that community aspect as well. So thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me and share with all of our listeners your experience. Yeah, thank you for thinking of me and reaching out. I really appreciated it. It meant a lot to me. This summer doesn't have to be full of experiences filling your leaky bucket. You have a real opportunity to patch the holes in your bucket and return to school feeling refreshed. Stay tuned for next episode where we talk about how you as the coach or the school leader can create a hole patching culture to prevent burnout with your teachers returning from their summer break, probably experiencing that summer Band-Aid effect. And until next time, just remember, don't treat people how you want to be treated. Treat them how they want to be treated. Take care.